Welcome to We the Women. This is our celebration of the 19th Amendment. Exactly 100 years ago, on August 18, 1920, the 19th Amendment was ratified, giving women the right to vote. To celebrate, we'll be talking to women from around South Carolina, thought leaders, movers and shakers. We'll ask them about how they have used their voice and what they have done to contribute to our great democracy. Enjoy the conversation. In this episode, Post and Courier City reporter Michaela Porter interviews Hillary Repick, Stormwater Division Chief for the town of Mount Pleasant. Hi, Hillary. Uh, Hi. Thanks for coming in to talk to us today. Thanks for having me. Um, well, just want to talk to you a little bit about your job, about um, what you do. So can you share with me? Okay. I'm the stormwater manager for the town of Mount Pleasant. And that means that I run a program that manages flooding or tries, works to prevent flooding and works with water quality. So when we have rain events, the uh, pollutants that are flushed off of our land into the creeks and marshes. So trying to make sure that we keep our town and our local environment healthy while we uh, uh, build resiliency in our community. What got you into that job? It was a very lucky occurrence. I was working for the town of Mount Pleasant while working on my um, business degree. And I was working in the offices and they created a new position and they wanted somebody to work with a brand new program called Stormwater Management, where they were working on flood projects. And they needed somebody to go out and talk to the citizens and talk to them about what was going on and to listen to their problems and work to solve their problems. And so I stepped into that position. And then over time, it's evolved. Uh, became in charge of the capital projects and the um, directing the maintenance work and still working with the citizens. And then we got environmental regulations for water quality. So I had to build those programs and tie them into our daily operations. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, is it common for women to be in this position? Uh, it is now. Uh, I see more and more women in um, the specifically the stormwater industry, uh, but which is a combination of engineering and business and regulation and science. So you see people with different disciplines coming together and we're seeing more and more women in the industry. Um, what are some challenges being in this field and are there any challenges that arise uh, being a woman in this field? Um, every day is different. Uh, we never know what's going to happen with the weather or with the environment. Um, a lot of the things that we encounter are incidental. So you have to be on your toes. You have to know a wide variety of programs, and you have to be willing to adapt. So there is opportunity for women um, to step in. and But the challenges are, I think, personal. You have to be um, willing to adapt and willing to learn and change as things evolve. So um, if, you're, if you're able to do that, I think you can be successful in the program. So. Gotcha. One thing we had talked about earlier um, was uh, that growing up, um, you kind of had an interest in wildlife. Can you tell me a little bit about um, when, you were, when you were younger? Well, I, um, I'm first generation to the country. So my parents moved here after World War II and met. And then um, growing up, I spent uh, times up in the marshes and beaches up in uh, Cape Cod in Maine. So really getting down into the pluff mud and, and having the freedom to explore. I think I spent a lot of my youth underwater um, kind of observing fish and, and it became a passion of mine. So an interest in marine biology started there. 
Um, and then I moved to, um, went to an all-girls school. So in, for middle school and high school, I had an opportunity to be a part of a small community of women who basically ran everything. Um, they were the leadership of the school. There was no competition between anybody, between male and female. We, everything that needed to be done, we did. And I think that really created a great foundation for um, how I see myself today um, of just being kind of equal with everybody. I, I, it's, it's a personal um, opportunity that I had. And I think it really um, helped me just to feel comfortable in whatever I do these days. What um, can you talk a little bit about, like the community feeling that you had at uh, at your school? Um, we had um, really fabulous programs. We had um, we were responsible for the school, so we had programs where the students were supervisors, and we cleaned the school. We'd clean the library, and you had workers and supervisors, and you had to apply for those jobs. We went out into the community, and we did community service, um, giving back. We were studying the local environment, uh, but the, all of the leadership and everything that we did was focused around um, the school's motto, which was do it with thy might. So that no matter what you did, whether um, you uh, decided to be just a mom, whatever you did was that core belief to do it with thy might. And so that, that played a really big part in everything that we accomplished. Can you talk to me about some challenging moments um, in your career or uh, in your line of work? Um, I've had some some interesting things. Um, so in stormwater, we deal with engineers and contractors a lot of times, um, which over time has been a somewhat male-dominated industry. Um, there are plenty of women out there today, but we've had some fun um, times kind of going on construction sites and people don't always see you as being an authority or understanding the process. And um, over time, I've also worked on different projects where I've operated tobacco and done other things. And I make sure that whenever I get involved with something, I, I learn, I do my reading and my research. And we've gone out on construction sites and we've had people say, you know, hey, girl, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I've got this. You don't need to pay attention. But we're there in a serious capacity. Um, so we sort of learned to blow that off. Um, and we've had other people talk to us about different things on the construction site. You don't need to worry about that material over there. I don't need to do anything because it's um, that's my structural um, fill and I need to, to use that later. And we have the capacity and the knowledge to look at it and say, well, actually, no, that's not right. Um, so it is, um, I wouldn't say it's, it's been a challenge, but it's trying to work around people who have some preconceived notions that you might not know what you're doing. Um, I've also had to go out to the job site in high heels and skirts and put my safety vest on and my hard hat on and climb over the guardrail and kind of look at something because they needed a, an inspection right away. And I was coming out of a, out of a professional meeting and had to, had to make it happen. So um, a little bit more um, oriented in safety gear these days than some of the older days, but it, it was kind of a fun adventure. The Intertech Group and the Zucker family are proud to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. We were talking a little bit about um, some some state and regional groups mm -hmm. that you're seeing in the last couple of years, a lot more women 
uh, part of. Can you tell me about that? Right. So I'm a part of quite a number of professional associations. Um, One is the Municipal Association, so the South Carolina Association of Stormwater Managers. And that is um, people who work in stormwater from all over the state of South Carolina. And we are over 160 people as membership in that group. And when I first started, there were a handful of women, maybe five in the room, and the rest were men. And I was actually elected by that body in 2002 to be the president. So that was kind of, I'm not an engineer and um, I'm not a biologist, but they felt that I had the skills to lead them even at that early stage. And now when I go to the meetings, the room is almost half women. Um, And I think that's in part because of the science and the industry has really opened up and the need to learn and move forward, but it's a really great thing to see. Um, The other association is the Southeastern Regional Stormwater Association. So that's states from all over the Southeastern region coming together, uh, working on stormwater problems, policy, regulation, and advocacy up to the national level. And they are uh, been around for more than 10 years. And I was also likewise elected by the body to represent the state of South Carolina as a board member and then was president of the association a couple of years ago. So it's a pleasure to serve. But I see more and more women showing up at the meetings and being a part of the leadership as well. What's it feel like seeing that change over the last couple of years? Um, I think it's it's it feels good. Um, I, I've been blessed that everyone I've encountered and even in my early days at work, my even the male mentors that I had were more interested in my brain and the, the fact that I was willing to learn and to converse. So I've been lucky that I've never had somebody say, you don't belong here or this isn't your place. In fact, they've really opened the doors. So all of my colleagues from around the region have been um, really great. And the goal is to keep that door open. And I think the door is, is wide open. So it's a matter of being comfortable enough to walk in and, and say, I, I belong here and I have something to, to share. And that's um, Now, we talked about earlier um, uh, moments that you're really proud of or accomplishments you're, you're very proud of. Right. Um, there was professional and personal. So. <laughs> right. So personally, I think my biggest accomplishment are my children. Um, I have three really awesome children, um, two boys and a girl, and they are all um, really great people. Um, I'm really proud of just who they are. So um, I don't know how much of a hand I had in that directly, hopefully as a role model for them to um, that working hard and being focused can help you be um, a good person and be hopefully be successful in your life. Um, My mother-in-law, she's 93, and she uses the term solid citizen. And I really think that that um, is a goal for me, how to be a good person in the community. And I see that with my children as well, that they are um, interested in their community and wanting to live in a good place. And so being engaged in that is really important for me. Um, And that's included uh, helping out with Girl Scouts, Boy right? Scouts. Uh, absolutely. Uh, my daughter was in Girl Scouts for a while, um, and then my I have once my eldest son was an Eagle Scout, and I'm active in their uh, Boy Scout troop um, still. And so it's a wonderful opportunity to mentor young men and women um, in their journey to adulthood, just to give them an idea of what it means to be um, 
helpful in your community and be a part of it. And that's a really big part of the core part of those programs. So I think it's a really great, great fit. So so one thing you said was a solid citizen, mm-hmm. something that your mother-in-law kind of, right. kind of pushed on her boys and I've kind of adopted it along the way. Yeah. So what makes a solid citizen or how, how will you say, yeah, my kids are definitely right. solid citizens? Um, I think you have to be open to uh, listening to other people and their challenges and needs. Um, I think you have to be willing to share in of yourself back to your community. So whether it's something as simple as helping out your neighbor or picking up litter or voting and being engaged in what's happening in your community and not just for or against, but understanding what's really happening throughout the core of your community and how to make change happen in a positive manner um, is, is really important. So you have to be outside of yourself and willing to give something of yourself to others, um, not necessarily for a, a return, that you, you're in it for the greater community and greater good. So it doesn't have to be an award-winning uh, action, but I think even those small selfless actions are important in being a, a part of your community. And being a, a solid citizen. Yes. Feel good about getting a great haircut with the Great Care Promise at Great Clips. From contactless online check-in to requiring masks for both stylists and customers, it's our commitment to helping keep everyone as safe as possible in the salon. Check in online and get a ready next text when you're next. Great Clips, it's going to be great. All salons are independently owned and operated. Contact your local salon for specific safety measures. Um, Now, your mother-in-law has a really cool past as well, right? So she, uh, she's 90, she'll be 93 this year. And she, of that age, when she was younger, was um, growing up in the time when the women's right to vote had passed and was coming to fruition. And she went to work. Um, It was World War II, but she was, um, she saw the depression and she went to work and she had her own money and she traveled and had adventures. And she went out probably in a time where it was unusual for, for young women to, to travel. Um, and she spent a good part of her younger life um, just, I would say, enjoying life, <laughs> but taking advantage of some of the opportunities that had opened up. Um, and then once she decided to, to get married and have children, then the idea of growing um, her children and really developing them and helping them became important. But uh, she's a very strong lady. She knows what she likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a lot of skills that I'm not good at, but um, I, I think she's a really strong person and I admire her for all of those. And then your, your family side. Your oh boy, right. right. My great-grandmother. So um, on my mother's side, um, she was one of the first women show jumpers on a show jumping circuit in Europe. So back in the early 1900s, she was breaking stride. And, and that's kind of an example. I had an opportunity to meet her and a really um, strong and gracious lady. But she let us go out and play and explore and do things. It wasn't an inhibited type of relationship. Um, my mom was also a really big, huge mentor for me. Um, she taught us how to fix bicycles and build projects for school. And if she didn't know how to do it, we went to the library and we got a book and we figured out how to make it happen. And that's part of what I try to pass on to my kids today. So, wow. And then going um, to all-girls school, being surrounded by that. Right. Um, 
powerhouse. Right. Sort of foundations. I mean, you're really building foundations and passing a piece of that along. And I think I've been lucky enough to be um, surrounded by women my whole life from childhood until even now who are really just, they're strong and they're passionate and um, they're um, absolutely amazing. Uh, my my group of friends these days, I, I'm in awe of some of what they do. They should be here talking today, um, that they're really out there um, as teachers and in the medical field and, and working hard and, and helping people. And I'm, I'm just glad to be one of them. So. Now, um, can you share one of one or a few of your um, biggest professional accomplishments? Um, well, I got an email today right before I walked in here from a, a colleague, and he said to me, he said, thank you for actually trying to make a difference, to really working on solving local water quality problems and not just checking boxes and, and passing things on. So um, our program in Mount Pleasant started out really small. Um, very little bit of funding, and we still don't have enough today to solve all of our region's problems. But um, I just really um, was given the opportunity to grow the town's program and to um, find a way to make it work and make it functional. Um, and now I have staff. Um, I have three... Um, I have eight people working underneath me now. Um, my two top uh, lead managers are both women, um, and they're there because they, they're they awesome at what they do, and they know their work, and they do a great job, and I'm happy to have them. But I'm just really proud of the program that we're building. Um, I think it's really important for the future of the region, uh, not just Mount Pleasant, but Charleston and the state of South Carolina to um, help our communities as we grow, to grow smartly and grow strong and, and be there for the future. Yeah, water management is pivotal <laughs> for the low It is, right it is. It's, what, it's where we live and we have to learn to live with it. Um, and there's a part of it, it's not just about local government doing it, but every person who lives here has a role to play in their own personal resiliency, but also in the community. So it's not calling somebody necessarily to fix something for you, but also what can you do to help the community out as well? Being a solid citizen. Being a solid citizen, that's right. Sometimes it means cleaning out your own ditch, but <laughs> I do that on my street. I, you know, I think that all of those things help us to be stronger as a community and work together. So. So you grew your department from you to now eight right. people. That's right. Um, and I've certainly had uh, lots of other support and folks within my own department uh, and our administration has um, challenged me. Um, there's always a, a new threshold to meet. And, and I'm really just blessed to have, be surrounded by people who've helped me along the way, uh, both in the agency and outside, but to keep growing and keep raising the bar and going for the next um, big challenge and, and supporting that. So. Gotcha. Now, um, you said you're not in the field as much, but when you are in the field, like what have been some, some interesting things that you've seen or projects you've worked on? Um, well, I've been through a lot of hurricanes. <laughs> I used to get to go out and see uh, what was happening during the large flood events, and I still do from time to time. Um, we've found strange things in storm drains um, over the years. We've found pumpkins and engines and motors and all kinds of weird <laughs> things. Um, 
but I've really enjoyed the time to go out and learn about our community, maybe from the backside and following ditches and drains, but I've seen beautiful wetlands and um, really some some tremendous parts of our low country area. And um, I've had to hop down in storm drains and look at cracks and issues and problems and and try to really make sure that our infrastructure is there for the future. So uh, construction sites are always an interesting place to be and watching how we grow, Um, but being a part of making sure that that is something that's sustainable and there for the future. So. It's not just looking at the new storm drains going in, it's going no. in and checking. and checking the old ones as well. Um, I mean, they're there to protect us. So how are they working? What are we doing? Where do the crews need to go? Do we own them? Are they somebody else's? And who do we need to know? Do we need to contact somebody with the county or the state um, for help with their system? Or do we need to educate our citizens on this is yours and this is how you can help? protect yourself and, and, and help us with the system and manage that. So we go out into the schools, which is one of my favorite things to do, um, or at least we have until recently, but we do educational programs with the kids to teach them about their community and really connect them to the storm drain that's at their school or at their house and how that works overall within the community. And it also gives us an opportunity to challenge them as they're growing up to look into their future. What would what do you want to be when you grow up? Or if this interests you, here are a uh, hundred different jobs that you can go after. So you can, you can be a, a laborer or you can be an engineer or an operator or a scientist, um, but to really open their eyes to their future and um, their future both here in the low country and with stormwater in general, if they're interested. So. Um, specifically for young women who might be interested or might not know a lot about um, this field, like why would you, how would you sell it to them or in what way would you, um, you know, talk to them about this? Right. Um, so I think for anybody who's interested in the field, there, there are a lot of different avenues that you can go into. Um, you're helping your community. You're helping to keep it safe. You're helping to keep it healthy and productive. So that's the end goal. Um, But if you are interested in um, the mechanics of operations, there are people we need to run our vehicles and our equipment to do the cleaning and the maintenance, to install the systems and how to do it properly. And I think there's a lot of pride in doing a good job um, and, and making something that in the end, maybe nobody sees. Nobody sees your works under the ground and they don't see it, but when it rains and it works well, that's a great accomplishment. Um, on the engineering side, um, we're being challenged by change. Higher sea levels, rainier seasons, um, different um, products that are being invented. How do we solve the problem? So the engineers are really working on um, solutions and finding ways that we can um, mitigate our risk and, and, and still have a great, vibrant community. So um, there's a kind of a lot of opportunities there. And on the science side, um, the folks in our science community are, are really trying to solve some of those problems. Why are we having problems? Where are they coming from? And um, they, so it's kind of like detective work <laughs> in some cases. 
And, and there again, there's an opportunity for technology and innovation and um, trying to find ways to solve the problems that we're finding um, or find solutions that can then be solved by the engineers. So there are a wide variety of, of avenues, but there's also a role for people to take that heavy science and heavy engineering and give it back to the public. Um, public education's been a really big part of it. So like the outreach into the schools, how do you take all of that information and get it into the hands of children or residents? So we have folks that help us with communications and graphics and um, out, just outreach and activities that there are a, a lot of other things that you might never think of yourself as being in stormwater. Um, but we need help with graphic design and uh, getting out videos and productions on, on what we're doing so that we can really engage the whole community. Right. It's it's how to explain a combined sewer mm. system to right. <laughs> and, and um, all those technical terms. That right. Trip everybody we, we used to have a phrase of we need to figure out how to make stormwater sexy so that people will be interested in it. But there really is. I work with people who are like, I never knew that I would end up in this industry doing what I'm doing um, when I went after an art degree or I went after something else. And but there are there are tremendous opportunities. I think, in every industry for people to become engaged. And for me, it's that giving back to your community, um, solving the, the local problems and the local issues. And while I get to work on some national level things as well, um, it's the local things that really um, come back to my heart the most. So. W.K. Dixon specializes in creative engineering solutions to help make our local communities better, safer, and sustainable places to live. Having served community infrastructure needs for nearly a century, W.K. Dixon knows the great design and great people make for great communities. We the Women is a special series of the Post and Courier in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment. To enjoy all 19 interviews, visit postandcourier.com backslash we the women.